This is Awake, Radio Tulum's morning offering to all of the world, here from paradise. Are you awake, or are you sleeping? Listen. Listen down. Down into that sound. What is it? A current of air? This sound is you vibrating. And who are you? Don't give me your name, address, and occupation. You know that's just a mask, a front, a big act. Who puts it on? Who puts it on? Your body? <laughs> what an act that is. And who puts that on? Your father and mother, did they put you on? Come off it. You know very well who you are, but you won't admit it. Deep in there, in the middle, middle of your heart, you know it. You've always been around, and always will be. And the you in you is the same as the you in me. You're listening to Radio Tulum. Welcome to Radio Tulum and Awake. We're with Pascal. Thanks for joining us. And we've been talking about uh, journeys and emotions and uh, all that fills us as humans and all the humans that exist. So it's like uh, my grandfather, when I asked him to paint a picture of God, I said, what would you paint if you had to paint God? And he said, I don't know. But uh, all I can tell you is, of all the humans that have ever existed, that will ever exist or exist today, not one of their faces match. So I said, well, the originality is our birthright. All we can do is seek similarity. So let's join hands and be conscious that we never have to seek our uniqueness. It is there from the moment you're born. All my brothers and sisters, seek your similarity. There's only one ancient durable order, and it's called humanity. Welcome to Awake. So Pascal, your journey, um, I know, took you to India at some point. But prior to going to India, I know there was a story that you were going to tell us, something that happened that uh, instigated. It's just uh, the continuity of the flow, right? Of course. Uh, and yes, it is the, the step that kind of brings me to India. Um, well, after the, the diving and, and the investigation into jazz and free jazz, and for some reason I stopped to sing for two years, and that was long enough to think I'm not a singer anymore, right? Of course. But the funny thing is that after two years, the uh, music came back to knock at the door, and I, I had another very nice uh, collaboration, musical collaboration, and you styled for me. Whatever you knew, you knew already, and that there was a time for a new discovery? Yes, in some point, in the same time, I feel it, it's one, the, everything is transforming all the time, right? And I think that this um, discovering of life, of the path of being a human in this planet, lead me to acceptation, to accept more, right? Whatever it is. So I feel it's the apprentissage I have as a human, the acceptation that everything is uh, here um, for helping us to grow and that everything is perfect as it is, right? So um, it seems that the path is to have less resistance, um, to 
pass through. And that's what I imagine is the liberation, right? Um, that brings us of uh, just being, just being. Ready to lose, here to love. Just a perfect day Drink sangria in the park And then later When it gets dark we go home Just a perfect day Feed animals in the zoo Too, and then home Oh, it's such a perfect day I'm glad I spent it with you Oh, such a perfect day You just keep me hanging on You just keep me hanging on Just a perfect day Problems all left alone Weekenders on our own It's such fun Just a perfect day You made me forget myself I thought I was someone else, someone good Oh, it's such a perfect day I'm glad I spent it with you Oh, such a perfect day You just keep me hanging on You just keep me to say that uh, some part of me wants to dismantle all the gurus and bring them back to the human being. <laughs> 
Like we are just humans experiencing our emotions, but then there were some humans that were the human being. And this is the goal of a life, you know, to become the being of the human, perhaps. As I feel it, we are not only humans experimenting our emotions, so as I feel it, I feel it's one part, yes, absolutely. Um, I feel we, I had this intuition that um, the divine consciousness um, uh, is experiencing itself through us, uh, that when we integrate this vehicle um, that is our body to allow us to have this experience in the materiality, right? Yes. Um, it seems um, each one of us is the consciousness experimenting itself through this experience, right? Because we are here to make it exist. A human can say there is a consciousness, right? Of course. It has a look on it. And that's why I like so much this perception that each one of us, um, because it's physical uh, place in the space, I mean, uh, we are now in the same space, you and me, but because we are in different body, uh, we are always in a different place in the same space, right? I cannot be at your place, you cannot be at my place, you are right. not in my body, I'm not in yours. So um, that's what I like so much because that means that each one of us has a different angle of view of the same scene we are experimenting together. And I found it fascinating in accepting, not only accepting, but celebrating uh, all of these different angles of view we have of the same consciousness, because uh, it makes it very beautiful, very complete. Colorful. Colorful <laughs> and, and full. Yes. Full. <laughs> Absolutely. There was a writer named Walt Whitman, and he wrote Leaves of Grass. There was a time of civil war in America, and he thought to himself that because he understood every single human, the driver of the horse, the, the cleaner of the toilets, the businessman, and the gay man, the woman, the, the child, I mean, every aspect that when he wrote this book, he would save the whole union. There would be no civil war that people would just see and flow with that intention that we are so beautifully each our person. And the glory of that is another way to awaken is to accept those differences, right? Which is the hardest thing to do because we live in a judgmental society, of course, but, uh, and we're often betrayed also. So I can understand the human condition at the same time, but there is certainly glory in that. Awake. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meaning of poems? Stop this day and night with me, and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the spectres in books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me, you shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. Right um, Yes, we are living in a judgmental society, but what I feel more concerned about is um, the consciousness, the new consciousness we have, right? And how to spread it more, um, because 
Many times we judge by ignorance, right? That's what I like in the awakening. We have the fabulous uh, luck, I think, our planet, our civilization, humanity uh, has the luck to experience. You know, I'm reminded by Arthur Rimbaud in Season in Hell, where he says, Morality is the blind spot on the brain. And I would add, so judgment is moot. We were talking about the consciousness, and there's a lot of solidification. Without conspiracy, the science of controlling people, or people willingness giving control of... I'm not afraid, because we're participating. Uh, you know, participation is the key, and action is the key to the things we seek, no doubt. But to break the model of crumbling infrastructure, a world that's run away with itself, I often think, I go back, is, is that I go back to the Sikh, you know, to the Indian that I was born into, and why the fifth guru, the prophet, the fifth prophet was asked by his mother to raise the sword. And I don't mean by war, just to fight the injustices that were happening in India at the time. Recently people converse with me and they tell me, what, what can we do? I wonder if, uh, par by course that um, how do we navigate through a time where although the consciousness are lifted, the frequencies between our subconscious mind and our, and our conscious minds are vibrating is the understanding that we're all human, we're in it together, we're all in the same plight. There's a, a line from Season in Hell by Rimbaud that reminds me, he says, some destruction is necessary. And uh, I'm afraid that, you know, how do we guide it forward? You know, I, I sometimes wonder about this, but obviously destruction and war and, and is not an answer, but... Well, it's, 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 it's not an answer, but it's what it is, right? But as I feel the things in this human experience, <laughs> um, is that it seems that we, we arrive to, to a time space where you asked, what is the action? Many people ask, what is the action? What is the action to, to have? I think first is, what do, what do we want uh, to attend? Um, as I see things, what's happening, the reality of our, or illusion of our global civilization, the entire amount of human and, and human living and all of this planet right now, the war we see, the violence, uh, the greeds, part of the humanity who has nothing, another part who has everything, and somewhere in the middle. Anyway, we can feel that uh, it's like a very young uh, humanity, like in ebullition, right? Everything is like a very young earth, exploding, very... Forming. Yes, and what is this globality? For me, it's the addition of one human plus one human plus plus you, plus me, plus him, plus her, right? And all together, we manifest this reality where there is all this violence, right? But also a lot of beauty. It seems that if we want to transform this reality, to change our dream, and the solution seems to be in each one of us. Oh, yes. It means that, um, how can I expect our entire humanity to be in peace? If my own self is still having war within me, greed, <laughs> jealousy, anger, fears, whatever it is, right? Um, Uncertainty. Voila. Consciousness is everything. If the doctor wants to guide another, or even accompany him a step of the way, he must feel 
with that person's psyche. He never feels it when he passes judgment. Whether he puts his judgments into words or keeps them to himself makes not the slightest difference. To take the opposite position and to agree with the patient offhand is also of no use, but estranges him as much as condemnation. Feeling comes only through unprejudiced objectivity. This sounds almost like a scientific precept, and it could be confused with a purely intellectual, abstract attitude of mind. But what I mean is something quite different. It is a human quality, a kind of deep respect for the facts, for the man who suffers from them, and for the riddle of such a man's life. It is a moral achievement on the part of the doctor, who ought not to let himself be repelled by sickness and corruption. We cannot change anything unless we accept it. Condemnation does not liberate, it oppresses. Uh, I am the oppressor of the person I condemn, not his friend and fellow sufferer. I do not in the least mean to say that we must never pass judgment when we desire to help and improve. But if the doctor wishes to help a human being, he must be able to accept him as he is. And he can do this in reality only when he has already seen and accepted himself as he is. Perhaps this sounds very simple, but simple things are always the most difficult. In actual life, it requires the greatest art to be simple, and so acceptance of oneself is the essence of the moral problem and the acid test of one's whole outlook on life. That I feed the beggar, that I forgive an insult, but what if I should discover that the least amongst them all, the poorest of all beggars, the most impudent of all offenders, yea, the very fiend himself, that these are within me, and that I myself stand in need of the arms of my own kindness? Wait. So it seems that we have again the consciousness today um, that this transformation, the activation of this transformation is leading in the sense of responsibility we all have. Because I think it's not anymore about ourselves, right? It's, that's the key. It's, it's about all of us. And that's I think, yeah, for me it's make it more easy because to share the thing as they are, to heal myself from myself, uh, um, was making the process slower, let's say, right? Well, you bring up a fascinating point, but there's the first step of discovering yourself. This is the first. But our responsibility to humanity, it's necessary. I think it's not about time anymore. No. It's about precision. Yes, um, very well put. That's the feeling I have. Very well put. We are um, in a very strange ambivalence, as I feel it, because our humanity is uh, still crying and being very offended and hurt about the atrocity of the Second War, for example, right? And we wonder how this could be, right? But today, if we observe the things as they are, it is happening right now under our eyes, for example, we, we destroyed a country called Syria, and we saw we allowed the it. most incredible genocide happening under our eyes, right? And what it makes me ask myself is, what does it mean really to keep crying the atrocity of the past? and to let them happen right now, right? I think this doesn't mean anything anymore to me because if we are really offended, we cannot let that happen again, right? So I think that 
I think that's what makes the process very slow. It's first of all because we have to heal ourselves and this is a difficult process for all of us because the healing is not something uh, uh, very very peaceful and soft and this is the effect of the after healing, right? I think the healing is tough because we are fronting uh, our fears actually and it's, you know, when it's happening you you stretch in all the <laughs> dimension, you it's very uncomfortable, you know, and you react. It's really it's like that and yes. it's demanding. So it's a tough process, right? Uh, also, it's scaring. I always felt it's scary uh, in my own experience of human uh, to accept to go alone in my dark room. I'm, I'm scared <laughs> to tell there. Of course. <laughs>
musical collaboration in Paris with uh, a pianist called Katia Labec, um, which is a fantastic pianist uh, in duet with a sister. They are called uh, the sister Labec and are playing classical music. And Katia, who, who has a very experimental mind by her own nature, uh, had the desire to make an album bit uh, out of the classical and she reunited for that uh, a composer from England called Dave Marrick who comes from the jazz contemporary uh, electroacoustic school <laughs> of music and um, he composed a very interesting album. She invited uh, Mark Gilmore, uh, a drummer from England playing fusion and from this collaboration uh, um, gone an incredible album called Unspoken. Katia was a very close friend of Miles Davis and that's why he composed the title Katia for this Katia. Oh wow. Katia Labeck, yes. Absolutely fabulous um, musician and human.
I had the luck to meet Aftervis two years where I didn't sing and music came back. And I had the luck by a friend to meet Dave, um, who came in my house and who listened some music that I started to compose and invited me to meet Katia and to be part uh, of this album and of the turn that was following the release of the album and it has been an absolutely fantastic experience because the part of improvisation was uh, was very big for me. The space we opened was everything they played was writing note by note and they opened a space where I could improvise and we, for the album, we create some samples with my voice that we integrated uh, in some very specific places and for the term I improvise uh, on stage with them and that has been a fantastic experience and the luck to, to play with some great artists So what is your affinity to India? How did you get to India? After this term uh, I had a kind of uh, um, I entered in in a space where nothing was satisfying me anymore in Paris. I think that's the time I opened uh, my first uh, book about Buddhism. I was reading these words and feeling a, a fabulous resonance. And then it took, I think, very short time, maybe three, four months before I gave back my apartment and can buy a flight ticket for India with a six months visa. <laughs> voilà. And that has been, uh, I think, the beginning of a new chapter, and the opening of some new dimension. I remember I arrived in New Delhi and I left uh, the same day and arrived in Varanasi where I stayed six months, my first travel in India. And that has been um, an inner revolution, of course. <laughs> Mother India, it was um, absolutely fantastic, actually, yeah. because one of the things that has been important that has changed all my angles of view and values about things is uh, the first impression I had, and I had it many times after when I arrived in New Delhi. Uh, sometimes it has been very shocking for me, uh, the confrontation of uh, the misery, the, the material misery I have been confronted to, and that we are all uh, when we arrive at the airport. And what has been fantastic is once, once you pass through, uh, um, through this strong confrontation and just look at the things as they are and you see in the eyes of these people so much uh, sunshine most of the time you know it's incredible incredible. I remember when I came back from India after six months the first day I was crying uh, constantly without wanting it was just falling because I was arriving uh, in a society who who has so much things you see these people in the subway with thousand bags things that they have bought and so much opulence. It was an incredible uh, contrast with all this material opulence and this sad and tired face and eyes without light. And then I think that has been the opening of a consciousness that the misery was not necessarily where I thought it was. Wow, the misery wasn't actually where you thought it was.
लोग सब जब रहे गुरु के संग मौला ओ जी मौला संग जीत गई तो पिया मारे जो मैं हारी पी के संग तिलक सब Misery wasn't actually where you thought it was. This is one of the reasons why I left. No matter how open the consciousness one can have inside of that Western ideal, it always still permeates. You know that opulence or that that easy trade of buying something to feel something. I've traveled through India and I see the same thing. That the people that don't have all that much will give you. that generosity of spirit that we're speaking of uh remains so intact uh, even when there's nothing of physical value it, you know it's it's amazing you inspired me the something that I feel very essential this um to remind to people their absolute divinity and because in the dimension where we have been living until now and we now have access to a new dimension nothing exceptional i think it's just the evolution right the frequencies raise and we we enter a new dimension and and the things that was working in the third dimension uh, are not working the same in the new dimension we are means that what is i think the essential to reminds to people is that here uh, from tulum and from many places in the world 
uh, an enormous amount of humans. We are talking about millions of them, right? Uh, um, I've been updated, we can say. And what is important to share with the humans that maybe didn't have this information yet. Um, it's that in the dimension where we are today, things are working very differently. It means that the reason why there is so much greed is that because we think that there is not enough. And because we think that there is not enough, we are afraid to miss and we start to be greedy. And why it's so important to remind our divinity, whatever we call it, right, the absolute. I think all the information we received today, the spiritual informations, uh, whatever is the source they come from, if we talk a little bit about religion, about if we talk about Jesus of Moses or Mohammed or the Buddha or also Einstein or also Tesla, or so, so many Alan Watts, or we have so many, many examples. Gandhi, Mother Teresa, they all talk about the same things. And for me, that's the revolution of our civilization today, uh, beyond the technology advance we have. It's the revolution for me of our civilization right now. It's to be aware again about what they all have tell us, is that yes, we have extraordinary abilities. Yes, we have been made creators, infinite and unlimited creators. We are already, it's under our eyes. We, we know that everything is emptiness, frequencies, right? Vibration. Still, what a human consciousness can imagine, can create it. Consciousness is everything. Nothing is not consciousness.
I think that what they was all telling us is that everything is an illusion. Actually, we are receiving frequencies and formations and uh, inside our brain, who works like a dark uh, photographic room, we develop the pictures of what we see and what we experiment. And this experience is absolute abundance. And we shape our reality by the quality of our thinking, our emotions. Oh, well put. And this is the extraordinary power we have. Uh, that's, I guess, what they wanted to tell us when they say God has created you in its image. What does it mean? It means that it's that. We are creator. We are. We are. Very, we are. Very because very. nothing is not. What I mean is that there is no, not at all a separation. There is even not the idea of God. Right. And there is. Yes. There is, it is under our eyes. I am. Uh, and everything is energy. So what has influence on the energy to shape, to manifest, it's a consciousness. So it is very important, I think, to share with our brother and sister in this planet who, who don't know that yet, maybe, that we are many on this planet to talk about this subject, to feel like a student with this because we have understood that uh, what we formulate, this is the information I send to life and life and it's the reality I create because I am the creator of my own reality, right? And we are extremely unlimited and powerful and again, for me, that's the extraordinary awareness of our time. Roger Tulum, here to love. All the sisters of mercy, they are not departed or gone. They were waiting for me when I thought that I just can't go on And they brought me their comfort and later they brought me this song Oh, I hope you run into them, you who've been traveling so long Begins with your family, but soon it comes round to your soul. Well, I've been where you're hanging, and I think I can see how you're pinned. When you're not feeling holy, your loneliness says that you've sinned. Both my eyes and I 
is a leaf that the seasons tear off and condemn. They will bind you with love that is graceful and green as a stem. If I hear that they sweeten your night We weren't lovers like that And besides, it would still be alright We weren't lovers like that And besides, it would still be alright Consciousness is everything Nothing is not consciousness. One day, I just awoken to speak to death. Perhaps the seventh seal, but somehow a death conversation occurred. And uh, I played it during the Tulum Art Club. We did a thing called Chance Operations, and I played it. But I didn't hear it on the radio that time. Next day, I, I listened to it on the radio, and I knew right then and there that the importance was sending out the frequency sending out this chance operation that had occurred would send out ripples and ripples of, of an example of the expression for what it was. And this frequency is more important than any numbers, any people listening. It's more important to do your part and, and to send out these frequencies as we're doing now. What a great time we live in that we are so conscious and that consciousness is rising. We all feel it as dark as it is. Thank you, Pascal, for joining us today. I'd like to add something. Oh, please. please. Uh, that seems important to me to share. Is that um, we have received a lot of information that has uh, opened our consciousness. And this is very beautiful. But still, the activation is to make. And the feeling is that it is the application of all this knowledge we receive and seems to happen in the core of our relation relations with ourselves and the relations with others means that um, the, the, the challenging work is leading here. How do we react when we have been hurt by somebody, when we are, uh, have reason to be hungry? Do we choose the old archetype of resentment and nourishing the anger? Or do we have uh, now the consciousness to apply the formula of uh, choosing love and choosing uh, all what united us instead of what separates us. Martin Luther King said it beautifully, he said, I don't want to carry around hate, it's just too much weight. So I'd rather... <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather... Something like that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so might as well, I'll carry, I'll carry it with love. Uh, speaking of love, why don't we do another song? Uh, what, what would you like to do? I'd be very happy to hear uh, Ibrahim Malouf, uh, which is a musician I discovered two years ago uh, when I was in Morocco in Essaouira in the Gnawa Festival, and I discovered this marvelous musician, and I'd like to share right. this beautiful piece he wrote for his city, which is Beirut. Muslim. 
invite you to look ear to love. Dans les souks la journée, surtout en plein été, la chaleur se pose sur un pied et chaque jour mon calendrier. Malouf, Malouf, with Beirut, his dedication to his home. You know, I'm just, I'm so taken aback as I look around at this empty space, this vision that's coming together, this idea where there's still dirt on the path, there's still uh, 
gates upon the walls leaning, waiting to be turned into doors. There's lights that have been half fixed. There's guitars in the corner. There's the Gita on a Congo. There's Pascal swaying, holding her knees and bottles flying as Sebastian just uh, wants to participate <laughs> quietly. And I'm, I have to say what Leonard Cohen said, here's raising your fists for the ones like us who are oppressed by the figures of beauty. You said, ah well, never mind. We're ugly, but we have the music. <laughs> Here's love, this is Radio Tulum. And welcome back to Awake. We're sitting with Pascal and uh, we're pontificating upon from our cells to our souls and outwards to the universe where black matter could be classical music and uh, the real matter is your intention. So um, you have searched for the heart within the heart, you know, the soul within the soul, because the heart we know is what we've been taught, of course. And uh, I'm so excited about this idea, I mean, that you hold so dear, which is improvisation, which is reaching the subconscious and letting it take you there. I think this is the greatest exercise for awaken, awakenedness, you know, the finding your subconscious, your voice, your letting go of the fear of what you're expressing. Because half the time in your head, what's going on is not really what's going on in anybody else's head. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that judgment doesn't exist. Radio Tsunami. 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 Radio
and this is it, you know. And uh, remember when we were children, we often would vision ourselves in a certain way. And maybe life has taken you somewhere. And you still imagine that child that spoke to, speaks to you in the, in the darkness of the night sometimes. And it is maybe not easy, but it is simple. The answer that you know, your intuition, your intention, it's right before you. And express yourself any chance you get, and you will find the way ahead with your dreams intact. And you haven't lost anything. And if you have, it's time to leave it behind and to awaken to today. And then we'll come tomorrow. This is Awake. Welcome to Radio Taboo.
Hello, welcome back. We were just talking as uh, we were listening to uh, War Bay by Ali Farka. Ali Farka, the uh, prince of the desert blues. Unbelievable. And we were talking about service and how it all boils down to service. There was uh, the first prophet of the Sikhs who created this notion of an India when it was completely superstitious. You know, Hinduism and the caste system had driven it to the point where women were having to burn themselves at the funeral pile of their husbands and men were giving water in the Gangas and something was lost upon it and this, this man, this this human being, this Nanak, Guru Nanak, as the Sikhs like to call him, to their farms 200 kilometers away. And uh, he had a great idea. He said, you know what, I'm going to create a community kitchen and everybody can come there. Uh, first, you will sit and eat, whether you're a king, a woman, a pauper, a kid, wherever walks the life, and then you will serve. And in the learning of the serving, you will understand that therein lies the humanity in us all. We all are hungry. And uh, Pascal was telling me something about uh, how she discovered that in India. So, yes, uh, in, in, in India it has been, the, the, I was coming from the Western world where the approach of music was more an approach of the divertissement or a bit more egocentric, I will say, um, being the singer in the front in a group, um, right? And India has absolutely shift, shifted uh, this, this comprehension because I found there that, uh, first of all, the sacred aspect of music for the Indian musicians, um, the infinite respect they have for their Guruji, the human being who transmits them their musical knowledge, the sacred respect they have for the instrument. Tabla player is not allowed to touch his instrument without having bring it, right? And I think it's also not allowed to touch it. After three years of school only, right? First they are singing the rhythm. And also, more essential than that, what I learned with them by observing their attitude and also listening at their music, devotional aspect in the sense that um, music passing through them, music is divine, a divine expression that doesn't belong to the musician, but the musician belongs to music. We do not choose music, but music chooses.
So, bien sûr, of course, after India, my path into music couldn't be the same. First of all, I never seek for any success or career. Um, my main concern has always been to serve the higher spirit. It's fascinating to me, your relationship with music. It's, it's rare, that understanding. I think we were speaking yesterday about gratitude. And, uh, gratitude. Gratitude. The magical formula. <laughs> the magical formula, you know. We are given this gift and surrender to this gift, surrender to life. That those are the simple phrases and words that acquire servitude, humility, and gratitude. And with those three elements, the burden of a life that is hard becomes easier. And we change the course of tomorrow. We change the course of our children. I am blown away by the arc of this conversation has been just that, that the beauty of the thing itself lived itself and became the thing it needed to become. A friend of mine asked me, he said, Mandeep, what do you, what do you think of love? You know, I think we're like, we're bubbles floating in a liquid, right? <laughs> and then when we, when we are in love or people we admire, it's like the two bubbles because they're liquid, they join for a little instant. And when they come apart, we're just a little bit bigger. The expansion. <laughs> the expansion happens. Love extends us. <laughs> and uh, so I want to close this session and I want to thank Pascal for coming and uh, being an adorable human person, you know, above and far beyond anything else. And uh, shedding your light today with us and I, I hope and I invite you to collaborate with us to help us also see the servitude
You are a multi-dimensional being living in a simultaneous multi-dimension reality. You are listening.